What's going on, guys? Welcome to the latest episode of Weighing In with Worm. I'm your host, Worm Buffelli, and I just want to thank you for joining me. Before we get started, are you looking to upgrade your mower? Are you needing a new snowblower for the upcoming wrestling season? If you are, go no further than Raider Outdoor Power. Located at 2580 Rockdale Road, the good folks at Raiders will make sure you are set up for this season to get your lawn looking like a pro-level golf course or to get that snow off your driveway so you can get on with your day. Stop out at Raiders today and they'll make sure you are set and ready to go. The running joke in wrestling is look good, feel good, wrestle good. And if you want to look good, stop and see my friend Anna at King's Cuts by Anna. Located in Dubuque, she is one of the best barbers in all around. She'll get you cleaned up, lined up, whatever you need to make sure you're feeling good, looking good, so you can wrestle good. Download the Booksy app today, search for King's Cuts by Anna, and schedule your appointment today. Tell her Jeremy sent you. With wrestling and all other sports, injuries happen. But have you ever considered an all-natural way to aid in those injuries? Lori Gravel from Hoppiness on the Hill can help you get the products you need to get over those pains in an all-natural way. Lori owns and operates her own hops farm in Otter Creek, Iowa. The hops she picks are then made into medicinal products. These medicinal products, like the Hopped Up Oil or the Hoppy Bod Deep Muscle Rub, can help with nerve pain, muscle pain, joint pain, arthritis pain, headaches, migraines, bone-on-bone pains, and so many more. So give Lori a call today at 563-590-2277 and tell her Worm sent you. She'll give you a 10% discount off your first order. Whether you're looking to restore rusty old metal parts to like new conditions or protect brand new components with durable, attractive, long-lasting finishes, Lane's Custom Steel, located in Benton, Wisconsin, can help with metal finishings and metal coatings, offering a full range of custom metal restoration using power coating for individual and business needs. Their powder coating process will help transform everything from automotive parts and outdoor furniture to everyday household fixtures. Email lanescustomsteel at gmail.com. That's L-A-N-E-Z customsteel at gmail.com. Now, let's get this podcast started. What's going on, guys? Worm here from the Worm Podcast Studios. I am here with West Dubuque's head coach, Paul Cleary. Paul is entering his 12th season as the head coach of the Bobcats. He was the 2017 Class 3A Coach of the Year. He was a two-time Northeast District Coach of the Year, and he has coached four state champions during his time at West Dubuque. A quick backstory on his competitive career, Paul was a two-time All-American for the Loris Dewhawks, an Iowa Conference champion at 184 pounds, is the career record holder at Loris for most takedowns in a season at 417, and he is also a member of the Loris uh, Athletics Hall of Fame. Paul, my man, thanks for being here, buddy. Hey, Appreciate I'm it. super glad to be here. Fun to grow, fun to grow the sport. Awesome. So, just to get this rolling, you know, how'd you get into West Dubuque? Oh, kind of by accident, to be honest. Uh, I guess all roads lead to Tom Danner. I was at the 2004 D3 National Tournament coaching under Randy Stewart and coaching with Dave Valeria, who's one of my best friends. And uh, I think Dan was working a table. I got the small talking with him, and he said that they had a history opening, and I would be a great candidate. And that Kilberg, the longtime coach, was going to retire. And I kept in touch with Danner. I thought, hey, that'd be a good interview experience. So I got the interview, and then six hours later, they offered me the job. At the time, I was planning to go and interview. I had an interview that lined up at Stillman Valley, Illinois, uh, Plainfield, Illinois. And I was trying to get something to Providence. I'd been interviewing there or emailing their coach. Uh, I think it was Healy back then. And so I thought I was going back to Chicagoland which I'm from central Illinois, but good wrestling in Illinois is Chicago. And uh, I interviewed, they offered me a job. It felt like home and I took it. So 
I guess Tom Danner changed my life for the better. And what did you notice right away about the program out there? Well, number one, I, I was given a tour and I just felt like the school was home um, and the people were just genuine and nice. And I came had, had come from a small town. I grew up in El Paso, Illinois. Um, and that's another story in itself, I guess. My, my father, when we moved to El Paso, my father had grown up in El Paso. We moved into the same house that he had grown up in. And there were four kids on the team, the high school team, when we moved there. My father took over the kids' club, so he was the Danny God of El Paso. And then, um, you know, coached kids' club and, and went all the way up and whatnot. And then when I got to West Dubuque, I felt like it was a couple of El Pasos put together because El Paso was a small town of about 2,000 people. And so that was attractive to me. And the, the culture's changed in the last 20 years of Western Dubuque. We used to be kind of a small country school. We're not anymore. Um, but it was a great culture back then, and, and I think things are even better now. Yeah, and you were the assistant coach from 2006 to 2012, I believe, or is it 2013? Oh, let's see. All the year. I took over. My first year head coach was 2012, and then I started teaching there in 2004, and then in 2005, 2006, uh, when Kevin Cleasner won a state title, I was my first year assistant, and then uh, it seems like, yeah, I've been there forever. Yeah. And so when you took over the program in 2013, it seemed like you already had a culture of wrestling out there. And I think the culture of West Dubuque has always been so rich in tradition. I mean, especially around this area, I think you, when you think wrestling, you do think of West Dubuque, in, you know, in the greater lump sum, just because, A, you know, usually you guys have about 40 to 60 guys on your team every year. You guys have a little kids club that is double that size, roughly, I think. Do you think with with wrestling, it's just ingrained in the community in the West Dubuque area? Yeah, I think a lot of it goes to Tom Kilberg uh, and, of course, Danner and Danny Gatto. Danny Gatto was our head youth coach for 30-plus years. Kilberg, of course, started the program in 65, and he was a stand-up individual. And so I owe my wrestling success as a competitor to, like, my father, my high school coach, my high school teammates. I learned a lot about how to wrestle from them. But I learned about coaching and community from guys like Kilberg, Tom Danner, uh, Jerry Ross, you know, people don't know, um, if you're not a wrestling, if you're not a West Dubuque person, you don't know Jerry. Jerry never wrestled day in his life, but he was a freshman wrestling coach. He was a head football coach. He was a head track coach. You know, I learned a lot about coaching from those guys, how to get thick skin, how to deal with situations. Larry McCready, who's the brother to uh, Mike. Uh, Mike McCready, who coached at Upper Iowa. I used to eat lunch with those guys every single day. And so, you know, I think... Uh, Thank those guys for doing that for me, mentoring me. And I think it's those people that set the foundation for Western Dubuque. I call those people the godfathers. And uh, I think, you know, the community is a strength and people gather around wrestling. They love wrestling. Our stands are packed. We fundraise well. Our kids club, we had 180 kids in the kids club the first year after COVID. Last year we were at 140. And so I just feel fortunate and blessed to, uh, to continue that tradition. So I guess that leads into a question that just kind of popped in my head is, you know, there's 14 weight classes, you know, in high school wrestling and you have 60 kids. And I felt like as a coach personally, I felt like there came a point with some of these kids that were like, hey, if I'm not on varsity, why, why, what's the point of me even being here? And they kind of quit the program, leave the program. How is that? How do you guys manage to keep that many kids out? And also, you you know, you probably have had guys who wrestled four years JV, guys who never got cracked that lineup. 
How did you keep those guys in the program? Well, what I learned from Coach Danner was the JV guy is super important. And um, your average kid is going to be the one who makes your team maybe their senior year. And regardless if they're good or not, everybody deserves to be treated with dignity and respect. And you try and show the Max Lions and the non-Max Lions of the world that you care about them. Because at the end of the day, you know, life and wrestling and teaching and everything comes down to relationships. So I think it comes down to those relationships. Uh, our program is built. We, we, we try and, you know, think about like Iowa football. What are they known for? Developing kids. So we have a development program. We have our JV schedule. We have our JV1 schedule. We try and send our first string JV or our uh, JV number one guys who are second stringers to 1A varsity tournaments as much as, as we can, which is difficult scheduling wise with coaches and whatnot. And then, of course, our varsity. And so <clears throat> going to team camps in the summer, ha- having fun, like to no surprise, I'm, I'm a pretty intense guy during practice and whatnot. And so I leave a lot of fun stuff for, for my assistants, which they're better at. And that's Coach Danner's specialty too. When he was on staff, he came back to be. Assistant, you know, we call it Danner Dust. He'd sprinkle his Danner Dust on people and just, you know, make games and activities and it's smile and have fun. Um, Coach Manning's great at that. Coach Kerprick, he invented, you know, some games we play. And so I think a lot of it has to do with the things I learned from Coach Danner and the things that I learned uh, that my strengths aren't in the games and all that type of stuff. But also trying to be authentic and just letting every kid know you care and trying to Try and coach them, too, not just the good kids. Yeah, I mean, you definitely have had your fair share of good kids. I mean, you think back to that 2017 team, three state champions. Yeah, I don't think, I mean, that was probably one of the banner uh, tournaments you ever had as a coach. You know, when you look at a kid like Braden Bird, who we covered in the podcast, Aaron Costello, who's also been on the podcast, still trying to get Max Lyon on here at some point. But you had two guys. I, I look at Braden more than anyone who was – a kid who never really cared for wrestling or took on wrestling that much, and then all of a sudden, you know, his senior year, he just showed up and wrecked everyone and left, I always say. You know, he just showed up, and it was like every, all the pieces fell together for you guys that year. Well, I think I was lucky to be the coach again, and again, those guys came from amazing families. And when you come from amazing families, your kids, you're going to make sure you put your children in the situations they need to succeed. You know, Leo was uh, multiple-time All-American at, at Loris. You know, Ryan was national champion at Upper Iowa. Rick Healy, uh, two-time All-American at Loris, coached there. So, you know, and Max, well, he was just good forever, but Chad and Wendy made sure they put him in the right environments to be successful. And so I was lucky to, to be in that situation to coach those guys. And I remember the next year, we were at the Battle of Waterloo, and uh, maybe I was like, oh, I finally got this, this coaching thing figured out. And the only guy I had left had one kid quit. And then the next guy I had didn't speak a lot of English, right? And he went to the battle. He skipped work that weekend. It was uh, uh, Jefferson Lux Morales, whose brother would be Emerson Lux Morales, who was tougher than a junkyard dog and made the state force, had some big wins. But he barely knew not to lock his hands. And the ref said, hey, if he locks his hands one more time, he's going to lose the, lose the match. So I went from being... You know, three state champs, maybe thinking I had this coaching thing figured out to I was happy just to have Jettison on the team. And he was in his first year. I was trying to get him not to lock his hands. So, you know, I think it's all perspective. And I was just fortunate to get to coach those guys. And, of course, I was fortunate to coach Jettison, too. 100%. And so, like, and 
it's weird to say, and please don't take this the wrong way, but this in the last couple of years, there's been a lot of new head coaches coming in. All of a sudden now, you're one of the more seasoned vets of the coaching world. Um, what do you think of this passing of the guard of all these new coaches here in the area? Well, yeah, I'm, I'm 42 years old, been at this, um, you know, for the last 20 years, right? And, uh, you know, I was actually thinking about that very same thing this morning. And I woke up real early this morning, had my coffee, was at the community center by 5 a.m. And I was thinking about the younger coaches that, uh, that are young and hungry. And I'm like, well, I'm middle-aged, but I'm more hungry now to coach hard and compete than I've ever been. And uh, the fire's pretty hot in my belly, and I'm pretty excited for the season. So I'm eager to compete against all those younger coaches, and I look forward to seeing what they have to bring to the table, too, because competition's fun, and I enjoy the relationships and the camaraderie uh, that comes with coaching, if that makes any sense. No, 100%. I mean, I feel like some of my best friends that I ever had, we also coached different teams. And when I, when I look back on my coaching career, I think of even some of my favorite times had nothing to do with the actual sport or competing, but it was more like, you know, hanging out with two of my best friends that are, that are on your staff, the Ganson brothers, you know, down in the back hallways of the state tournament, you know, just catching up with those guys during riding their highs or they're riding my highs or we're down in the trenches riding our lows together. But it just seemed like, you know, you develop those camaraderies and those friendships with these like-minded people. And with this progression of it, you know, all of a sudden now, I think these guys are going to start looking at you as the elder statesman. I mean, Dubuque Senior's new head coach was one of your athletes, yep. and that's pretty exciting stuff. I mean, Absolutely. you guys see each other every day. I'm yep. wondering, have you checked out his, like, have you, like, peeked into his, like, playbook yet, or, like, checked out, like, what his lineups going to look like yet? Or Oh, Jackson and I talk all the time, <laughs> uh, and I'm super excited for him. It's a great opportunity. I selfishly wanted him around my program because he's a great person, great human being, and a great coach. But I'm excited for him, too. I remember when he was a baby, when Rick and I were wrestling at Loris, I believe we were at Palatville, and I, I remember him running across the mat. And I was thinking, how is Rick doing this? <laughs> Coaching or wrestling and being a parent, too. You know, I was just trying to be a wrestler and a college kid, and he had, he had it all, he was doing everything. So that's my earliest memories of Jackson going back to that. So I'm just super excited for him and the opportunity he's got. Yeah, and so with this passing of the, or these new up-and-coming coaches, you have a whole new season up ahead of you. Let's talk about the upcoming schedule you guys got going this year. How does how's the season look for you guys? Oh, we're pretty excited. You know, if you're not excited uh, at this point in the year, you shouldn't be coaching. Um, the schedule, we go to the Keith Young. It's a pretty tough 3A tournament. And then we host Bobcat Duels, another tough, uh, for the most part, uh, 3A dual tournament. Uh, we went two and three at our own dual tournament last year, so there's some good competition. So, uh, team Caledonia, Minnesota comes down. I think they were number one or number two in Minnesota, small school. Dakota, Illinois comes over. They win state a lot in Illinois. They're kind of like Don Bosco. Then there's uh, Pleasant Valley. They had a really good team last year. Alburnett, lights out. Um, so just some good teams, and we enjoy that being home. And uh, then we go. We got out of the Battle of Waterloo this year, uh, which is a great tournament, and I'll miss. But it was a lot of 1A and 2A and some 3A. And the 3A competition that as a staff we thought we needed to see was in Des Moines. So we're heading to uh, Waukee Northwest to wrestle some Des Moines teams. And hopefully we can match up better with some of our, our, our wrestlers in and, and the state series. If we can beat Johnston, if we can beat Waukee Northwest, we have to get voted at a high level for the state duels. So, And, and then, of course, our wrestlers can hopefully get the, state, the seeds they need for state if we can beat them. But, 
you know, you got to try and beat all those guys. Yeah, and that that the new seeding uh, criteria now in the state tournament, you know, it's huge for you guys to get those those three A competitions. And around here, that is kind of hard to come by because I mean, if you just stay within the area, you might get or you're gonna get a Hempstead, a senior, and maybe a like a Davenport or a Clinton every so often. But yeah. you need to go past I eighty every once in a while, to, you know, because once state tournament comes around. You know those Des Moines schools are wrestling. A lot of those guys are at the state tournament. You guys gotta get your gotta get your name in that hat too. And and honestly, I I enjoy seeing those three A coaches. I, I enjoy seeing Volmecki at the state tournament. I enjoy seeing Tech from uh, Johnston. And so I want to beat those guys, but it's good to see those people too. And I think the girls at the girls state tournament two years ago just made the observation like, wow, you are super social. Well, when you coach for twenty years, you develop lots of friends and. You feel like you've known these people forever, but you're just at a wrestling tournament. So that's interesting. You know, I, I look forward to the competitions, but I look forward to the friendships too. Not all the time, but sometimes after dueling, win or lose, you sit down and you have lunch with another coach and just talk about how they're training or what they're doing. Or And, uh, of course, I enjoy that too. Mm-hmm. So yeah, out of that, that season schedule, you know, I, I think every coach has – probably three or four every year that they have circled big on their, on their schedule. Like I call them, you know, you look at them from like a training aspect of it where like, Hey, we're going to, we're going to gear up for this one or, or just the ones that, Hey, this is a big duel for us. This has always been a big duel for us. Where are those big ones you have circled on the year? Well, number one, of course, and with total respect, we love wrestling Hempstead. That's a great duel. We're at home this year with them. They've beaten us three years in a row. So, you know, they've, they've had some really good teams and some great wrestlers. Um, and I've known, I've known the Haas family. I've known Chuck since I was student teaching. A lot of people don't know, but I student taught at Hempstead 21 or 22 years ago. And so I got to know Coach Haas then. And uh, then his in-laws, when I lived in Dubuque, his in-laws lived across the street from me. So I'd see him all the time. And, of course, I'd give them hard time sometimes I'd shovel the drive if they didn't get there if there was a bunch of snow or whatnot so our relationship is is competitive but it's respectful and uh, I'm really excited for Brett and the opportunity he has to be the head coach and uh, I'm excited for Chuck too he can go into a different phase of life and not be as stressed probably running the show but still be involved and just enjoy everything that's going on with Dubuque area wrestling Mm -hmm. and so that being said you know your returning starters who you guys got coming back that's going to probably be a big difference for you? Oh, let's see. Let's see the weight change. i got to readjust my mind around that. Derek Corner returns. He'll probably be at 190 pounds. He's playing football at about 200, 205. Uh, Drew Bird, state qualifier. You know, his weight, he could be, you know, he might be 180 pounds right now. He's in football football weight. He might be 175. He, he might be 165. I'm not sure. He got pretty light at state track last year. Um, and then you move down the weight classes. Uh, David Tyson was another starter. Uh, he's playing football. He's about, he got really big this summer. He's about 180 pounds. Um, then we go down into at the bottom. I'll start at the bottom. You've got uh, returner, Ethan Schlickman, 106 pounds returner, Brian Camiller, who's a senior to hundred and, uh, he'll probably be 120. Um, Cooper Hobbles is another senior. He's been around forever. He's another kid. We got out late. Brian Camilla, we got out late. They've only been wrestling for a couple of years. So we're excited about them to be seniors and have some leadership on the team. And then in the middle, you know, we've got a bunch of other uh, competitive wrestlers. Joe Hirsch, state qualifiers, a match from place in last year. He comes from great wrestling lineage. Um, his grandfather, 
you know, uh, Grandpa Rob, as, as we call him, uh, coached a whole bunch in Illinois, and uh, he's got a wrestling room in his, in his garage, and he uh, trains kids on the side and does a great job with that. And then you have, let's see, I think that is the bulk of our returning starters. But then what people don't know is our JV has been um, undefeated the last two years. They won the JV conference two years ago, the tournament, and then we, we won the JV conference duels last year. So there's kids like Garrett Kleesner that people don't know about who benches about, I don't know, 325 or 350. He looks like an, a bodybuilder. He's having a great football season. There's there's Liam Kelly, who is a JV wrestler for us, and he wrestles a ton of freestyle. River Sigworth, I forgot. River hasn't stepped off the mat since February last year. Uh, he just wrestles around the clock. Um, so, you know, that's kind of some of the names that we have. Uh, and then a lot of the other names are just JV kids who were 16-5 and five or 20-2, and two, um, who we're looking forward to trying to get in the lineup and see if we can make these new weight classes work out for us. Yeah, and just before we go to my next question, has there ever been a year that you've coached you didn't have a Cleasner in your lineup? So I feel like there's a Cleasner always in your lineup. Or has there been a has there been a kid, or has, has there been a family name that literally every year you at least have one, no matter oh, what? We had a run of Gattos, and now we've got more Gattos coming up. Uh, but they're kind of in the first and second grade age. And then uh, Kevin has twin boys coming up. They're about in kindergarten. So we'll be excited to get them up there, and I guess those would be maybe, I don't know, when I retire, how many years that is, by the way. But, you know, it's kind of interesting when you coach that long and start seeing the projections, and that gets to be pretty fun too, which is, again, that's West Dubuque. West Dubuque is family. It's tradition, uh, keeping those families around and in the stands. Still see all the Gatos in the stands. Still see Kevin, Michael, right, Ryan Kleesner, family, right? They're they're still in the stands, coming around. They show up. They support. Um and they'll show up to the takedown fundraiser. Anybody listening to this, you want to come to a good time and, and celebrate Dubuque area wrestling and promote uh, the West Dubuque uh, wrestling. We have a takedown fundraiser. That's going to be Friday, November 17th. So that's the first Friday when practice gets rolling. And uh, we had to work that out, so it worked around football. So that's can, something fun for people to think about if you're listening. I can vouch for that. That is a fun time. I went last year was completely blown away by the support that you guys have, uh, the amount of laughing that I ha- I heard in that. And it was just awesome because, like, you know, like I said, I grew up I grew up in Cascade, but, like, you know, Mitch and Chris Ganson, Tyler Horner, you know, three guys that are on your staff. I still say Chris is on your staff. He just thinks that you're coaching for Prairie. But everyone's <laughs> I wish he was while, still on my staff. Well, it's just, I, I make jokes to him all the time because it's like, hey, you know, you're only you're only coaching at Prairie until Cleary t- tells you to come over to the other side of the mat and sit in that corner. And he always giggles at that thing. Cause, but, like, you know, I think about like family like the Ganson family, like where Kenny and Lori, their parents, I mean, we're at AU State this year. And they got grandkids now. Like, all their yep. kids are out the door grown. And Kenny and Lori are still going Daniel on the AU. Yep. Yeah, they're still going down to the AAU State tournament to watch. So, you know, it's just one of those things that like I feel like in West Dubuque, it's real hard for for families to to pack it up and move on. And it's I mean, I, w- I don't blame them by any means. Well, I think that's the beauty of living in Iowa. And Brad Smith and I have talked about this too, because we're both from Illinois. You know, he landed at Lisbon and, and I landed at Western Dubuque. And I think the great thing about Iowa and living in Iowa, coaching Iowa, teaching Iowa is that there is no pro sports. Our pro sports are the high schools. And so that's why the stands and multiple activities are always supported. 
And at Western Dubuque, it doesn't matter if it's football, baseball, basketball, basket weaving. The stands are going to be full because the community shows up. And, uh, you know, that's certainly the case for wrestling. So, again, I feel very fortunate to be in that community and, and uh, to be a head coach. Now, going back to your lineup, do you have any, in, in, I call them impact players, but impact wrestlers. I, I like the word impact players a lot more for some reason. But, you know, guys that, are, that come in and just, you know, make a, make a stand right away. Yeah, I mean, Kellen McKenna, uh, he, he comes from a great wrestling family. I can remember meeting his mom when we were passing out youth flyers, the Piazza Days Parade, probably whatever, nine years ago, whatever that would have been, 10 years ago. So super excited for Kellen um, being a lightweight. I think he's placed in AU every year, with the exception of his seventh grade year. So, you know, he's been around the block. He's had some great coaches, uh, you know, through the, the West Dubuque system, of course, uh, DWC, you know, as well. So. Super excited about that. And then uh, Will Casey was an AU place winner last year. It was a breakout year. And so his brother Nathan had, had graduated and wrestled and starred for us for four years. So we're super excited to have Will. It's always good to have, you know, the younger brother because they see what, how hard their brothers have trained and, and they can try and pick up right where they left off. Yeah, you usually see that with younger brothers. They tend to either, they seem to either pick it up a little bit better than the older brother, or they love it a lot more than the older brother does for some reason. I mean, I know that's how I was firsthand experience, but you know, like you said, you know, Will Casey's definitely one of those kids. He's a bigger kid, what probably about one hundred and fifty pounds. Be like one fifties, probably. He's probably high forties. Yeah, I'm guessing high forties, low fifties. And is Kellen, you know, could make one hundred six with rocks in his pockets. We gotta wait and see what happens. You know, sometimes during football season, and Kellen plays football, sometimes they gain weight. Sometimes they lose weight. You know, you know, teenagers, you never know how they're going to grow or what's going to happen. So we'll get through football and start to get situated here in a little bit. Yeah. And so, Paul, you know, being a seasoned coach as long as you have, you know, this is just a fun question. I think, you know, a lot of people want to know your favorite rivalry that you've had so far in the coaching world. Well, originally it was West Delaware uh, with Coach Jeff Voss, who I think is a great coach. And uh, we got beat for them 14 years in a row. And we finally beat him. And my password, my computer that year was beat West Delaware 2014. So I thought about it every single day. And then since that time, it's really evolved into, as, as I said earlier, with, with um, the Haas family and, and Hempstead. And I remember, for whatever reason, it was right about 2015 or 2016, one of those years. And we didn't wrestle each other. And I just thought, that is the silliest thing ever for us not to wrestle each other. And they were starting to come on. I think Gann and Grandma might have been... I don't know how old he was. Probably okay. senior and was 16. I think he was younger. I want to say he might have been a sophomore. Maybe when Gannon was a sophomore. And uh, I called Chuck. I said, we need to wrestle. Let's do this. And they put it on us that first year. They had a good team. But ever since then, it's been fun. It, it puts people in the stands. Uh, we have the traveling trophy. Um, it makes it more exciting for the kids. It makes it more exciting for the students. It's good for the area. You know, it's just... Anytime you can promote things, if you ever listen to Rob Cole or you listen to J. Rob, I remember reading all their articles and listening to all their stuff. It's all about promotion. How can you promote your sport? What can you do? What can you get do to get people in the, in the stands? And you know now it's a social media world, which um, you know is the way the world is now, and then or whatever else you can do. So um, you know it's definitely Hempstead. That's a rivalry we look forward to. We enjoy, but you know Chuck and I. If I see Chuck at a freestyle tournament, we're going to talk for 15, 20 minutes about this or that. And and uh, there's, a, there's a deep level of respect there, too. So 
I appreciate that rivalry and I look forward to it. Awesome. Well, I think we're pretty much here, but I feel like we could talk a little bit more. Um, you know, going back to your college days, you know, two-time All-American, Guy Patron beat your all-time win record at 44, I believe. So I didn't want to bring that up, but you still hold the record for most takedowns, you know. There's there's a rumor that I've heard, and I don't know if this is true or not, but is it true that you used to do Buddy Carries Up Loris Boulevard? Yeah, yeah. Um, well, number one, they don't wrestle as many matches as we used to, so otherwise, I'm sure Guy Patron would have broken all my records. Uh, you know, back in the day, things were just different, and we just wrestled more matches. That's just how it was. And boy, Guy, he's special. He's got a great story, too. Um, yeah, I mean, Buddy Carries, I mean, the way my father raised us, my father's probably the most interesting cat in the world in many regards. He wrestled a bear named Victor back in about 77, um, which is a great story. He uh, ran 30 marathons in just a few years, and he's what you call a workout fanatic. So when I got into wrestling, I had him as, uh, I guess, the, the target, right? And then my older brother, who's four years older than me, and my older brother started wrestling in fifth grade. I started wrestling in second grade. And I remember when my brother was a senior, I saw how he trained and I was in eighth grade. I said, that's how I need to train. So he used to do uh, car drop-offs. My dad would drop him off at, uh, out of town at his friend's house, Andy Reeves' house, and they'd have to run back. So I'm like, well, that's what I need to start doing. And so that's what we started doing, my friends, who I was grateful enough to have great workout partners that were obviously a big part of my success and great coaches too. But that was the, the, the model. And every year from eighth grade to senior in college, you know, you never get what you want, right? I never once stayed. I got second twice. It was like, well, how do you get what you want? You have to work harder than you did the year before. And so I remember Pat Thomas and I, our senior year, we would do buddy carries on our own. We would do buddy carries as a team. Stewart would have us do buddy carries. Um, and I used to put the picture of my opponents up in my room. Sonny Alvarez, the guy I had to beat, wrestled 11 times in three years. And I put his picture up and I tried to look at it every day of him because um, I knew I had to beat him again. I beat him my junior year for third. And I had Ricky Crone, who got second at Augsburg. And I, I looked at those guys every day. And thought, I got to train harder than them every single day. So that was all I thought about senior year because I knew the career was going to be done. And, uh, yeah, I worked as hard as I possibly could. But no matter how hard you work, if you don't win, you always have second guesses and regret not doing something different. So, I don't know. I guess I could have figured something else out. I don't know. I mean, you, you, you think about it. I mean, I just kind of – my mentality of these type of things is like – obviously, I think you and I probably have two different ways of thinking. Uh, it's like – you know, you, I, I've said this to my wrestlers before, and it's, I think it's a, you know, it's probably the best lesson that you can get out of the sport of wrestling is like, even though like winning obviously is awesome and it's the greatest thing ever, but I think one of like the biggest mentality or biggest life lesson you can take from wrestling is you can put in all the time and you can do all the hard work and you can do everything just better than everyone else but you still might come up short. And then you have to figure out how to deal with that moving on with life. Because there's going to be a time where, you know, mm -hmm. especially in a wrestler's life where they're not going to get the job they want. They're not going to get the girl that they want. They're not going to get the, you know, the the national title that, they're, that they've chased down and so that. But, hey, you built 
you built your body to deal with these kind of heartbreaks through wrestling that almost callous you in a way that makes you tougher in life. Well, I think the biggest value in sports in general and in specifically wrestling is the emotional intelligence you develop. So the emotional intelligence to work really hard is your self-motivation. And of course, the impulse control, you got to make your weight, your mood management, you know, when you lose, you can't freak out and those types of things. And I think that's probably the biggest value that there is in sports and most specifically in wrestling. And, um, you know, the journey was awesome. I love the journey. And that makes getting together at, you know, Hall of Fame inductions or getting together with college buddies once or twice a year. We try and get together and watch the Big Tens or watch D1s or go to the Big Tens or whatever. That makes those things really special. Um, but I am a competitor and I still have dreams. I still have dreams now that my knees banged up. Somehow I got a shot to wrestle. I'm not in shape, but I got to go pin everybody and then I'll wake up. So that's a recurring dream, whatever that means that I have, you know, because that competitive mindset, I don't think it ever leaves you. You know, I think, you know, every wrestler that's wrestled and not had their dreams come true, some of that stuff still haunts them. Maybe it drives me in the coaching world. Maybe it drives me hopefully to be a better husband and better, better parent, you know. Um, but I think the value in sports is the disappointment that you get because life isn't easy and you got to learn how to deal with it. Awesome, and that was actually a great answer for that question. So, wrapping things up here, is there anyone you want to, you know, give a shout out to, or anything you want to talk about before we log off here? Oh, I think gratitude is generally important. You know, um, you know, I'm at the place I'm at today because of my coaches, my father, my family. Of course, my wife. She allows me to have this passion um, that I spend a lot of time on the mat and uh, going to camps and that type of thing. And uh, of course, my teammates. Who allowed me to have the career of coaches you know Chris Bezial is a coach I had Ricky Casares is another coach I had those guys really made me you know I came in I had Rob Murray he's a three-time All-American got to work out with him all the time guy Anthony Pasquese I had to beat out for the spot my sophomore year and um, you know Justin Post Tommy Andrews those guys were all awesome and just grateful for all those guys and my high school buddies in my high school, we only had about 15 kids in the team. We had to roll the mats out every day for, for practice. We didn't have a wrestling room. We didn't have matching warm-ups. I bet our mats were probably 40 years old. So, you know, I think the Bobcats are a little spoiled sometimes when they, they get new mats or new whatever whenever they need it. So just thankful for everybody who got me to this point. 100%. So wrapping things up here, Paul, I, I can't thank you enough for coming on the podcast. But before we go, i got to ask the famous question. Favorite shoes you ever wore? I am an Adidas man. Adidas, Adidas International Smiths. They were late 90s. They were black suede. Those were the best shoes. Uh, late 90s, early 2000s. And uh, close seconds combat speeds. Good answers. Good answers. Appreciate those. I mean, I think I I think I tried stealing your... Not stealing them, but I remember when you were in college, you, were, you had those Adidas Sydney 2000s, and I was like, I hope to God, me and Clear are the same size, and he wants to throw those out, because I'll take those in a second, man. But all right, man, I appreciate you coming in. You and I have been really good. I always consider you a really good buddy since I was probably 17 years old. And yeah, you, were at, you were at our wedding, I remember. You yep. were a bartender at a wedding. You yeah. know each other a long time. Yep, and I got a, and I got a bartender, your Hall of Fame, your yeah, Hall of Fame right. weekend, and Man, yep. I feel like every time I've had any big event in your life, I've been behind a bar for you. So, <laughs> so I appreciate that, man. I mean, I love your family. Ashley has always been one of my favorite people in this world. 
She always has been really good. Anytime that I've ever been frustrated with something and I'm around her, I can talk to her about some stuff. And she's always been just a, just a rock in your, in your life, obviously, as your wife. And she's just, a, she's just a, a soldier in every aspect of the word. So if, if I can't give her some praise here, I think every good wrestling wife deserves it. So Yeah, we're going a lot, and we don't do it for the money, that's for sure. So she's she's my backbone. She's my support, 100%. All right, man. Well, we're going to wrap some things up here, and we'll be right back. All right. Closing up here with Paul Cleary. Great interview. Um, I love sitting down with Paul. Uh, like we said in the podcast, you know, We've had a pretty good friendship over the last 20 years, about. And I feel like anytime I get to sit down with Paul and, and talk wrestling and talk his story and talk about West Dubuque, I usually get a pretty good conversation out of him. I'm very excited to see, you know, what they got going in stores this year. I think they got a couple talented incoming freshmen that can make some big, na- big noise for them. Um, but above all, I mean, my hat's off to Paul Cleary. I have nothing but respect for the guy. And I've continued, I've never, have not, not had respect for uh, Paul. You know, he just always is a guy who exhumes passion and intensity and, you know, leads a group of wrestlers to be the best they can. And I always feel like rarely you hear about West Dubuque wrestlers, um, you know, either being, you know, bad kids or, you know, they act out or they showboat or anything like that. I, and I think that all comes from, you know, the core values that West Dubuque wrestling has instilled, uh, in their wrestlers. And I think Paul is a big, big responsible part of that. So going into next week, we have, uh, sitting down with Jackson Healy, the newly appointed head coach, Dubuque senior Jackson, um, sat down with me and we're going to just talk about, you know, his expectations now that he is a head coach of Buick Senior also. You know, what it was like to train at West Dubuque under Paul Cleary. Uh, what was it like to train under his dad, who was a two-time All-American. And just kind of some of the goals that he has for the upcoming years. So, thanks for listening. As always, this is Worm. I got my one. I'm out. Before we go, I do want to give a shout-out one more time to our sponsors. Raider Outdoor Power. Lane's Custom Steel, Hoppiness on the Hill, King's Cuts by Anna, and now Sup's uh, Supplement Store, all local businesses. So if you guys get a chance to follow their social media pages, you have a chance to visit their stores and their buildings, please go ahead and do that. Huge supporters of the podcast, so I can't thank these people enough. So and if anyone is interested in sponsoring the podcast, please reach out to me at Worms Weigh In on Instagram, and we can talk about getting a sponsorship set up for you guys as well. Thanks.